Welcome to episode number 34 of Taking You to the Top. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Nye Arabia. Nye is a modern, authentically Arabian natural food snack and beverage brand that aims to redefine the Middle Eastern snacking industry. They aim to instill pride in their partners, their customers and in Arabia. Join Rami in welcoming him to the show. If you have any questions for our guest today, please leave them in the comments section below. Also, if you'd like to get more data on any of our guests, please download the Taking You to the Top app from our website. That being said, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they built and launched their businesses. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Are you ready to take it to the top? All right, Hisham, welcome to episode number 34 of Taking You to the Top. Thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be uh, here, Rami. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Um, if you could get us started by introducing yourself and maybe take us back from the beginning, tell us where you're from, where you started your journey, and how that led you to founding your company. So, um, I come from an originally Palestinian background, um, but we moved to Saudi Arabia in 1948. Saudi Arabia is what I consider to be home. Um, uh, my mother's Egyptian. I carry a Jordanian passport, um, and I'm married to a Syrian lady. So I really regard myself as part of the greater sort of Arab world. Um, I, grew up, I grew up in the kingdom. Uh, I, was, I went to a British um, school um, for middle school and and part of uh, high school. And then I was sent to boarding school in the US. So I, I went to, I attended Phillips Andover Academy just north of Boston. Um, I graduated from there in 1993. And I, I moved, up, uh, moved on to uh, Boston College uh, in Massachusetts as well. Right. In 1997, uh, I graduated and I started my career as an investment banker on Wall Street. So um, I joined what was then the Chase Manhattan Bank. Uh, mm -hmm. A couple of years later, it merged and became part of the, the JP Morgan Chase platform. And I spent a total of about four and a half years there between New York and London. Um, right. My last position uh, there was uh, as an associate on the Middle East team um, based out of London. And okay. uh, I left in May 2001. May 2001, I uh, moved back to Saudi Arabia and mm -hmm. I, I became a baker. So um, that was my very first entrepreneurial venture. Um, oh, okay. I uh, founded what was regarded then as the first high-end bakery pastry cafe concept. Um, we opened up our first uh, retail store in April 2002. Um, and it was like we had opened up a nightclub with you know, sort of people <laughs> waiting in line and, and um, we were quite overwhelmed. Uh, right. Within three years, we had nine uh, operating outlets and we had built up a, a quite large production and distribution business where we were supplying a lot of the premium, you know, four or five star hotels 
and cafes and restaurants um, in Western region of Saudi Arabia. Sure. 2005, um, this larger industrial group came about and um, made us an offer uh, that we couldn't refuse. And so that was our first exit. That was my first ever exit. Um, okay. I sold the business in 2005. Mm -hmm. uh, around the same time, I had met my, my now wife. And so I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. So we decided to take a, sort of a year and learn. And, and I, I went to INSEAD for a year. So I spent okay. time on all of their uh, uh, Fontainebleau in Paris uh, campus in Singapore. And I spent um, a couple of months out at the University of Pennsylvania in Wharton. Mm -hmm. End of 2006, uh, private equity was taking off in the region. Um, and I thought that would be an interesting way of combining my, my experience as an investment banker and in my experience as an entrepreneur and, um, you know, move back to the region and, it was boom time here. And right. uh, I'll never forget sort of within uh, a couple of weeks of interviews, I had something like 10, 11 offers. Um, wow. okay. in, in totality, I, um, I spent eight and a half years uh, in private equity. Um, and my last position was as a director uh, for okay. the National Commercial Bank in Saudi Arabia um, right. in their principal sort of investment arm. And right. um, about, I would say now, four and a half years ago, I left uh, specifically to found Knight. Okay. So, well, now there, we're uh, on the Knight story. If you could tell us more about how Knight was formed, what was your, your thinking behind the company? Why did you think that um, this type of beverage company would work well in Saudi Arabia? Sure. So when I was, um, right after I sold uh, El Furun, the, the, the bakery business, um, right. I wasn't really, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I wanted to do something entrepreneurial, but I wasn't sure what. So, so then, you know, I got involved in private equity and I thought I would do it for a year and then a year became two and suddenly eight. But always in the back of my mind, I was hoping to find something that, um, something entrepreneurial, something in the food sector that I was passionate about. Sure. And uh, what I remember is just, you know, whenever I would travel abroad, I would come back with literally suitcases of all these natural, healthier, better for you products. Right. And um, I remember reading um, uh, a sort of an article about really the growth of the health and wellness space, uh, the, the growth in products that are deemed to be natural um, and how sort of, it was no longer niche, but it was it basically the tsunami that was coming all over the world. And when right. I looked at supermarkets, cafes, restaurants in the Arab world, I was mm -hmm. really, really puzzled as to why there, there a, a, a truly Arabian natural brand had not emerged. Um, right. And so, you know, what I started to do was do a bit of research. I hired some consultants just to understand the ecosystem to understand what was happening. And, and really once I sort of digested the findings of, of the, 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 that report, um, I kind of felt that there was a sizable enough opportunity um, to create a truly quintessential Arabian brand um, mm -hmm. that plays to the natural space, that plays to the richness of our culture and also that plays to, you know, all of these 
um, uh, emerging and critically important trends of you know being a, a socially responsible brand and business. Um, and, and when I looked at all those sort of opportunities, I felt that it was sizable enough that it made sense for me to really quit uh, what I was doing in private equity. People thought I was nuts and really start <laughs> from scratch and, 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 and build you know, what is today nine. Absolutely. So uh, you mentioned that you launched the company four years ago? So we, we, we kind of regard sort of September 2017, so just, you know, um, you know hopefully the day after tomorrow, that, that's our real launch date. Um, what had happened before was we had received sort of two containers, so it was sort of like a pre-launch testing phase um, right. uh, situation. So we really launched three years ago. Three years ago, okay. Um, and revenue-wise, or the, the model, is it like a premium health drink? So priced much higher than others in the market? Well, I think we, we started off like that. Um, so when we started off the brand, really what we wanted to showcase was the fact that we were a quintessentially Arabian brand that made 100% natural, healthier, better for you products. And, right. and, and we wanted to create this brand that inspired people. So we, okay. did, we do a lot of CSR, we inspire good, we have a campaign called Inspiring Good for Arabia. And when we first started off, we were truly focused on the premium sort of class A segment. Um, okay. Whether it was the, you know, a glass bottle, 16 ounce glass bottle that was made in California. By the time you sort of brought it here, um, it, it, you, know, you needed to price it at a, at a sort of a, a more premium price. Now, sure. as, as we've grown, as we've scaled, as we've achieved economies of scale, as we've shifted our production to the region, as we've introduced more SKUs, I think yeah. we, we, we are much more, uh, I, I like to call us an affordable quality brand that plays to not just the premium segment, but also plays to, you know, sort of the more mainstream segment as well. Um, what we're hoping is that as time goes on, as we grow, we can become affordable to really large swaths of, of the population. Got it. Okay. And uh, what's the current company team size? So today, as of today, we are 16, 17 persons. So we just actually hired someone. We're 17 persons. And okay. our business plan has us sort of growing to approximately 20 people by Q1 2020. Okay. Got it. And I'll also and say that we're scattered across seven different countries. So we've got okay. team members as far away as Canada, in Jordan. Um, in Lebanon, in Dubai, um, a couple of people in Egypt, a couple of people in Saudi. So we really are quite sort of scattered across the Arab world and internationally as well. And are, are these 17 all full time or do you, are some of them um, part time? These are, these are full time people. These are full time people. Now, additionally, we work with a number of service providers. So whether it's you know, IT, finance, accounting, a lot of branding, marketing, digital marketing service providers. Um, sure. You know, we've got a, a network around us as well. Okay, got it. Um, and is Nye Arabia bootstrapped or have you raised capital? So um, it, it's a combination of both. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we myself, 
um, my co-founders, uh, Fuad Dajani, he's based in Dubai, and my sister, Azza, who's the head of our branding and marketing, she's, she was based in Dubai, she just moved back to Jeddah. Sort of, we, okay. we, we were up until, I'll say, um, December 2019, the, the largest investors in Nai. Um, we literally put everything we'd ever made in whatever careers into the business. Um, okay. we had done, uh, we had done a round of friends and family, uh, soon after we launched. Um, mm -hmm. and then in December, um, so when we, when we first launched, I mean, I think, I think it's worth mentioning, we really started off, you know, sort of, you know, from, 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 from a very base level. Um, we literally were going door to door to cafes, restaurants, um, really begging them to, to try out our product, to give us a shot. We had no distributors. And what I'll say is that within 12 months, we were selling in upwards of 1,500 premium class A supermarkets, convenience stores, hotels, restaurants, cafes across the region, in addition to approximately 750, 800 points of sale in Canada. Um, okay. And so <clears throat> with that growth came a lot of attention we started getting approached by a number of investment groups um, and consumer goods brands uh, okay. who were interested in getting into the whole natural health and wellness space. And so finally in December, 2019, uh, we closed a very exciting deal with Fine Hygienic Holding. Uh -huh. uh, Fine Hygienic Holding is the largest sort of you know, paper products company. Now they've gotten into sort of masks and you know, a lot of sanitary products. Uh, uh, sure. sterilized products, um, uh, the largest ones in the region. And, and their whole intent is to transform into becoming a health and wellness business. So they approached us, um, you know, we, we, uh, we were very excited about the common vision, about, you know, the, the opportunity to scale significantly. So we closed both a, an investment and a distribution agreement with them uh, at the end of 2019. Fantastic. And are you able to tell us how much you raised in that round? So in totality, um, uh, so, so the finding, I mean, it's public sort of, it's a combination of equity and some sort of medium term, long term debt uh, mm -hmm. financing. It's a total of around $10 million. Okay, got it. And if you don't mind, I want to take one step back to the segment of bootstrapped finance, or let's say, friends and family round. Um, around how much do you think, if, I mean, if you could give us a range, did you put into the company to just get it off the ground, you know, to get that first set of samples? Well, in terms of first sets of samples, I mean, um, that, that didn't cost much. That, you know, there you were talking about $100,000 where, you know, we had um, an idea of base recipes. We, uh, but then it was really just the entire you know, uh, scaling up, um, starting to produce, um, uh, uh, order larger quantities, very long supply chain all the way from California, selling into the region, relatively thinner margins, and then supporting all of that with, you know, active uh, branding and marketing. So sampling, digital marketing, um, CSR initiatives. So, you know, that, that becomes a little bit more, more costly. Now, once you start scaling, once you start shifting production to the region, your margins improve. So, you know, the sort of the cycle eases up a little bit. 
But um, you know, all in all, um, in you know, prior to this round, we had we had raised around, we had invested around four million dollars, of which almost two million dollars came from us as founders. Okay, got it. And um, currently, how does ARR look like? What's well, worth mentioning, sort of, unfortunately, um, we we closed the. Um, the investment round with uh, Fine in December 2019. And we were meant to do our full um, sort of regional launch, meaning entry into 10 different territories, entry much deeper into uh, 10 uh, regional territories um, in, um, at the very beginning of Q2 2020. Um, okay. Unfortunately, because of COVID, it's you know, just really affected our supply chain. So, um, um, you know, our, our entire business plan is delayed by, a, I would say, around seven to eight months. Um, okay. Nevertheless, uh, we are, we're, we're, we're basically, we should be hitting a, a run rate of approximately 12 to $14 million by um, end of the year. I would say uh, pre-COVID, um, December 2020 would have looked more along the lines of 18 to $20 million. Okay, got it. Well, still doing very well. We're trying. We're trying. It's <laughs> it's um, it's uh, it's tricky. It's an uphill battle. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you one example. I mean, we uh, we, we invested in a in a in a labeling machine for glass bottles that was meant to arrive uh, March uh, the first week of March. It literally just arrived. I mean, just oh, wow. it, uh, it was made in Italy. It just got delayed um, by the time you know, sort of a, they, they produced it, they got the spare parts on their end. So all of these things, unfortunately, sort of affect what it is you're doing. Nevertheless, I mean, I feel um, better. Um, we're catching up. Um, we recently launched in Jordan. We're hopefully going to be uh, launching in Oman very, very soon. Um, we should be launching in Egypt, hopefully uh, end of September, beginning of October. So it's all beginning to happen. And then a number of conversations that we had historically had with distributors in the U.S., in Europe, are now sort of um, kicking back in again. So um, I think sort of uh, there's, there's good momentum, hopefully, God willing, for the rest of the year. Great. All right, Hisham, this next section is to help those who are just starting their journey, who may need some advice, some tips about getting their first customers. So... If, if you were to launch a company today, which path would you take to capture the interest of your first uh, customer in food and beverage? Well, um, I think it's really, really important to be able to define who you are and what you're selling. Sure. Um, I remember before we, we, uh, we launched Nine, we sort of uh, put together sort of a, a chart and we, in that chart, we wanted to give people as many reasons as possible um, to look for and to pick up and to buy our products. So I remember we had things like, you know, natural. I remember we had um, items like, you know, healthier for you, lower calories. Uh, we wanted to be an inspirational brand. Uh, mm -hmm. a brand that inspired you, that, that, that did good. Um, we wanted to 
be regarded as a truly quintessentially proudly Arabian brand. Um, right. We also at the time wanted to be able to say that we were, we produced in the Arab world. And I remember that was the only thing that we couldn't sort of initially tick the, tick the box on. Um, right. But we, we, and we, we wanted to make sure that our products tasted really, really good. Um, and so when we were formulating the products and also formulating, coming up with the idea behind the brand, we wanted to make sure that we played to all of these uh, nuances. We ticked all those boxes. And so when we finally were able to produce, you know, our, our first product range, our range of ICs, you know, we felt really, really good about them. We always used to say that, you know, we want to come across as a good brand. What does that mean? It means our products taste great. Our products are good for you. And we are a good brand. People are proud to be associated with us. And I think we were able to take that. So I think it's really, really important for you to identify what it is, you, you know, what you stand for, what it is you want to get across, and then you work towards that goal. Sure. And would you say, uh, what was your top marketing channel in the beginning? Uh, were you doing online or, well, I know you mentioned that you went door to door initially. But what yeah. would you say is your current marketing channel of choice? So what I'll, what I'll say is sampling was really the most critical thing, you know, sort of sampling. in our arsenal. We always felt and we still feel that when you try the product, sort of it, 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 it you know, our product is our best spokesperson. Um, sure. and, and that's what we used to invest a lot of time, effort and actually money in. Um, we used to participate not just in sampling events in store in supermarkets, but really right. mainly at events where our customer base would go to. So whether it was, um, you know, in Dubai, places like Ripe Market, um, at musical festivals, at sporting events, at, uh, you know, sort of the, you know, the, 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 the sports day or the international day of, of international schools, wherever our customer base would go, the opening of an art gallery, you know, we've sponsored, you know, the Dubai Opera, we've sponsored um, uh, the Louvre Gallery in Abu Dhabi, a lot of local events here in the kingdom. So wherever our target customer would go, you would typically want to find and you would typically find a nice stand and would be just, you know, sort of giving people samples. Uh, I think that was really um, uh, uh, the, the, the key to uh, our initial success. Unfortunately, now with COVID, you know, as we launch in, in new territories, sampling isn't allowed. Um, sure. So we are trying to be creative. We are shifting more to digital, um, trying to communicate um, sort of the, the, you know, the attributes of the product. And what's helping is that we're becoming better recognized. So I'm not sure if you know, but we uh, recently won a Nielsen sort of driven award, um, right. uh, we, GCC uh, 2020 beverage product of the year. So that's a, a, a brand association. That's a logo that we can now uh, carry um, and that we are promoting wherever we are, you know, in store, out of store, on digital channels. And people sort of trust that sort of um, validation. Sure. All right, uh, Hisham, if you don't mind, uh, we'll wrap up with the famous five. Absolutely. All right. Number one, um, what's your favorite business book? Um, so I'm a, I, I, I'm an avid reader, so I could probably give you sort of 10 names, but I always think back 
to uh, uh, you know, the book Titan, um, you sort of the biography of uh, John D. Rockefeller. Um, um, you know, I was just I always think back at how sort of one man was able to transform just so many industries in one lifetime. I know that people know him principally for uh, as an oil magnate, but you know, he helped create sort of the modern education, healthcare, philanthropy industries, and and so um, I, I find I find that truly, truly fascinating. You know, so from such humble beginnings to to really transforming the world. Um, for my industry, a book uh, that I really, really enjoyed reading was um, is called Salt, Sugar, Fat. Uh, it's by um, a guy called Michael Moss. Um, it, it is extremely informative. Um, and, and it talks about just how the global FMCG brands used you know, science, technology, psychology, marketing to create household brands like Pepsi and Coke and Nestle, etc. So um, you know, I've given you two, one in, in my industry and one sort of uh, more in general. Fantastic. Uh, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? You know, what I'll say is I, I pretty much, re you know, read every book about, you know, the food industry. So whether it's Ben and Jerry's or Innocence or Honesty, uh, you know, the, the founders uh, sort of, you know, biographies. But, but what I'll say is, I'm a, I'm a, I've become a very avid listener uh, to podcasts. So uh, you know, podcasts like, you know, how I built this with Guy Raz um, yeah. is, is, is I'm a big fan of. You hear so many inspirational stories. Um, in, in our sector, in, my, in the beverage sector, there's a sort of a, 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 a podcast series called BevNet. It is really just informative. So what I'll say is, no, I mean, I, I, I enjoy listening and learning from a variety of sources. And uh, there's just a wealth of knowledge out there. Sure. And number three, what's your favorite online tool for growing your business? I'll say Google. Um, I'll say Google. I mean, one thing I've, I've, I've learned and I, I always sort of, you know, communicate to my colleagues is that if you're looking for something, the information is most probably already out there. Um, you right. just need to search for it. Um, and so, you know, I find you sort of Google to be a truly, truly sort of underrated tool in, in just growing and developing no matter right. the topic. And I'll also say podcasts. So, you know, there's just a wealth of knowledge there. Um, I would say about four or five years ago, you used to have to buy a book and, 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 and read a story. Now you can just, you know, uh, subscribe to a whole galaxy of podcasts and you can listen to decision makers, players in whatever specific industry or business that you're looking for. Absolutely. Well, that's why I'm here. Um, number yep. four. Number four, if you could give your 20-year-old self a piece of advice, or what did you wish you knew when you were 20 years old? I would say, so um, someone once told me uh, this saying, and I, and I really have come to believe in it, um, you don't know what you don't know. Um, so, you know, for example, myself, I, I, you know, I shifted, I've shifted careers a couple of times. Mm -hmm. uh, going into the food industry, the beverage industry, I thought I was relatively well prepared. Um, right. And the truth is, you don't even know what's around. You don't even know what issues are, are, are around the corner um, that you would have never thought of yourself. And so, right. you know, just be prepared. 
one needs to be flexible um you know one needs to take um everything with sort of a uh you know sort of if 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 given you know lemons you know you make lemonade and so um i i, I try and sort of live by that now right okay and number five how many hours of sleep do you get every night hmm. um typically i guess i shoot for between sort of six and a half to seven hours of sleep um i i do have a i do have a my wife calls it a gift to sort of uh, be able to take sort of 10, 15 minute power naps. So I right. try and sneak one in whenever I can just to give myself a little bit of uh, uh, energy th uh, throughout the day. Um, but six and a half to seven hours, I'll say. Perfect. All right, Tisham, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. And I hope that maybe a year from now, we could have a follow-up call to see where Nye has grown. Thanks so much, Rami. It was a real pleasure. and. Um, um, Look forward to, to meeting you very, very soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Hisham. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Thanks for watching today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of the available podcast platforms so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you have an extra minute, leaving a review would help us grow.